Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. With me today, Louis D'Souza and Amy Blackford. This is your Daily Dose of Happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. And we're also excited that all three of us are back on the show today. It's been a little bit uh, off and on lately, but uh, when we get, get all three of us here, we have three times the mental power going on. That's right. It's a very cool thing. And Louis is now in his new imaginary house. Is it an imaginary or real? I, I'm not sure what this is. Is this like a, <laughs> is this a virtual house? What are we talking about here? I mean, I live in a virtual universe. You can tell that. So I'm just kind of curious. What are you living in there? <laughs> so some answer to that, Walt, is what is real and what isn't? You know? <laughs> yes, right. Good answer. Fair point. Yes. Well taken. Okay. Well, then I will just um, skip past the obvious rabbit hole and go directly to the topic of the day, which is warrior rule number four. Yes. Some 80-odd rules that uh, Amy has uh, created over the years as she's tried to understand and come to terms with how this universe works, how this crazy conscious creation stuff goes. And so you got to tell us what warrior rule number four is so we know what we're talking about. Yes. Um, honor your enemies. They are your greatest teachers. And just so that people don't misunderstand when I talk about the enemy, I'm talking about the one that exists in the mind. Mm. So when I came up with this warrior rule, it was about pretty much external circumstances, whether it's a life condition, another person, a, an event, it basically triggers a reaction within us, we feel like we are at war with this thing. It's it's the enemy. It, it needs to be defeated. And many times this, this thing outside of us, we will blame and point fingers. And instead of looking at it as what it is, and it's simply a reflection of something we're not looking at that is within ourselves. So it ties into, it's just building, it's a building block of the law of attraction. So whenever we see some sort of a threat outside of ourselves or something that we're perceiving as a threat. It really is a reflection. It's something we are not choosing to look at within ourselves. And so it's basically uh, don't react so strongly to it. Instead, kind of take a step back and ask yourself, why is this person showing up or this event, this thing that's triggering this harsh of a reaction within me? Um, I have found this to be one of the most powerful of the warrior rules because every time I find myself, because it happens to me still where my instant reaction, if somebody says something I don't like, or somebody does something I don't like, or an event happens, I think it's honestly very human for us to get caught up in our feelings, react to it and have an emotional reaction to it. But being a spiritual warrior means, wait a minute, this wouldn't be showing up if it wasn't meant to teach me something, something that I'm holding within me that I'm not seeing. And that's why I say honor it as your greatest teacher, because of this thing, this person, this event didn't happen as bad as it might feel in that moment. It really is there to free you and liberate you in a way of something that you wouldn't have seen before. So let's make an actual real world example. We'll make one up. Obviously, this isn't, you know, something that's really going okay. on. Well, actually, it could be going on somewhere for all I know, but we're for the purpose of discussion, we're going to pretend that this is going on. What just give us an example of how this could actually be playing out. I mean, for me personally, I'm going to just put it uh in a very general term when it comes to my personal relationships with people. Especially for some reason around my birthday, I want to say for the last 4 years, 
there have been disruptions in my interpersonal relationships with friends hmm. and th- lots of different scenarios have played out. So I don't want to make this a personal uh, with any one person, but it's been a repeating thing where, and it's all been around boundaries. And I actually posted this on my Facebook uh, website. It was a big insight that I came to that I had a really hard time drawing personal boundaries. And this is something me and Louie have discussed on the show, which is me being a people pleaser. And I know there are a lot of other people that are caught in this trap where, where we will put other people's needs and desires above our own and we become very resentful and angry about it. And so for me, this was an ongoing theme and it kept manifesting in me feeling taken advantage of and me feeling like people were basically being abusive with me. And it was making me angry because these are people that I found that were in my closest circle. They were very close, were that I considered very close friends. And so it was very painful to go through until all of a sudden I went, wait a minute, this keeps happening and it keeps happening in a certain way. Mm-hmm. So let me take a look at this theme and start working on whatever it is I'm holding inside of me that keeps attracting this external circumstance to keep presenting itself. And I can honestly say at 47, I don't want to jinx it. Jinx it? (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I really do feel liberated from this because I have found this year, I don't know if it's because of the pandemic or what's going on, my people pleasing is, is at zero. If I don't want to do it, say it or be it, it's not happening. And this is a big step for me. Um, I've always been the person, I'm going to be the friend. I'm going to be the person there that's going to listen, do things that I don't want to do. And I have come to the conclusion that doesn't help anybody. It just makes me resentful and angry. So I think for me, that's the biggest example that I can currently give uh, personally for how I've been applying this. And it's been my greatest teacher because I can't tell you what it feels like at 47 to say, wow, this year I really was not running around people pleasing. I was very honest and I have to, it it was, it was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable to say no a lot to people because I was always the yes person and just to say, no, I don't want to do that or no, that doesn't work for me. And that is not something at all that I'm used to doing. So it was uncomfortable. I'm not saying that this is an easy principle to apply. That's why I call them, you know, warrior, because it does take some practice, especially when things are a little bit more ingrained. And you, if this is a behavior I've been doing since I was a child, people please, people please. So, so the, the warrior rule in this case was about taking you out of a what I call a familiar zone because yes. it was very familiar. You very for familiar. Years and, years. And, and I was seeing how destructive it was. Mm-hmm. So that's why I call it the enemy. And it's because it's a repeating pattern and I kept allowing myself to displace my anger, my resentment on the person, the circumstance. And I wasn't looking at how I was attracting this, these situations to keep presenting themselves. So when you do see that and you allow it to be your greatest teacher, it's very liberating. That's a great thing. Excellent. All right. Now, Louis, as you sit there in your beautiful new virtual home, what do you think of this uh, warrior rule? I just wanted to say, Amy, when you get to 53, you start wanting to say, hey, listeners, I'm so 
happy to have you on the show and, and, and that you're listening and you're the best people on earth. You get to start wanting to please people again because you want to. <laughs> <laughs> 53, that was very specific. Are you 53? Yep. You are not. What? Really? I, I would have never guessed that. Okay, well, I'm coming up on 47. <laughs> or, is it, or is it 54? I can't remember. <laughs> well, I, I'm starting to lose track. <laughs> well, the way I look at it is I just celebrated the 34th anniversary of my 30th birthday. So, you know, add it up all you want to. All I'm right. <laughs> But what you're pointing to is a very important uh, concept and very important uh, skill to learn. I mean, you you were describing it and applying it in terms of being a people person, a people pleaser. But really, this is, a, a, again, it's a form of boundaries. You identified it that way. That's been a topic, by the way, for the last couple of weeks here on the show. Boundaries has been really popping up all over Why the place. Why does that not surprise me? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, law of attraction, right? That's nice. what the show's about. But the fact is that it's also... What, what you're really talking about is who are you responsible for? Right. I mean, yes, the one way to look at it is you're not responsible for pleasing anybody else, but you are responsible to yourself. That's right. And really, you're only responsible to yourself. Now, That's right. No, Walt, I want you to be happy. <laughs> well, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Part of the people people you know what I, you know what I would say in that in that circumstance? Somebody said that to me. Well, that's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> I think part of the people-pleasing thing, too, it, it becomes an addictive, you're looking for validation through others. And as I've matured and tapped more into my spirituality and I'm getting that it's self-validation, self-love even. Validation is probably the wrong word. But as I am coming more to terms with who I am, the good and, you know, the little things that make me quirky and I'm no longer badgering myself over those things. Yes, I'm looking to evolve and improve, but I'm not trying to be something that I'm not and I'm not asking anyone else to be that either. Um, there is that it's the, the release of that need for someone outside of me. You know, I'm saying, yes, I'll do that for you, even though I don't want to. And I'm doing it to put a smile on their face, even though it's making me unhappy. It's a big one. And I think a lot of people run around doing this and then they end up getting resentful and angry at each other. And it's like, just be honest with where you're at and what you want to do. It's so much simpler. It's simpler. It gets to the place, Amy, where you don't please any other other people anymore. And that that's easy. But then you start... Um, taking the cat and nine tails to your own back. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then that has to learn to stop as well. So mm -hmm. this kind of levels to the whole process of growing to spiritual maturity, as I would have used those words in the old days. Um, <laughs> and well, plus, it's, it's a bit of a journey. It's, it's, uh, it's fun. Yes. Well, plus also we deal We despite the fact that we kind of lay out these new rules for ourselves and, and, uh, adopt new behaviors in terms of how we're interacting with this world that we're in. We're also interacting with other people yeah. and other people have their own expectations, their own beliefs and so forth. And that just kind of muddies the water. I mean, if we don't really give a damn about anybody else, then that's one thing, but most of us have some sort of affection for some other people in the world. Absolutely. And, and that's where complications come into it. It's yes. Part of not, being not alive. Necessarily. Not necessarily. <laughs> no. I mean, I love giving. I love having that 
symbiotic relationship. What I don't like is when it starts becoming where I feel like it starts becoming parasitic, meaning there's the giver and then there's the taker. And I found myself in a lot of situations where I felt like I was overgiving and people were taking from me. But I was the one offering that up. I was the one actually overgiving out of wanting to be a people pleaser because I, again, had this kind of fixation or addiction to that feeling that I was getting. I was the one causing it. And it was coming to grips with I needed some of these situations to happen so that I could see that within myself or it was just going to keep happening. And it was being able to take that step back. And I always tell others when you see patterns repeat outside of you, especially that's when you really that reflection keeps happening. Please pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. It's there for a reason. It's going to show up with a new person, a new situation. And I swear the message comes through louder every time you ignore it. And so some people will be like, oh, this horrible, you know, disaster happened in my life. I want to say there were red flags along the way. I'm not here to blame anybody for tragedies striking or anything like that. But there's always red flags along the journey that if you ignore them, they come through louder, louder until, boom, they smack you upside the head. So <laughs> pay attention, basically. They are worth paying attention to. No yes. doubt about that. Um, I'm going to give you an example of something that happened very recently, actually, with somebody I care about, somebody who's fairly, fairly close to me. Um, and I'm going to be curious to see what Louis in particular, how, what his reaction is, how, how he would respond in this situation. Um, now this person, uh, was, was trying to explain something to me and they were, what they're trying to explain was they, they wanted help with something. And as he was, as he was explaining it to me, he was, he was pointing over there. And saying, would you please, I'm, I'm, he was struggling to get the words. He couldn't remember what it was he was trying to say, but he wanted, he wanted something over there. So I started looking over there and he got all upset because I looked over there. Like that, you know, don't do that. You're distracting me when you do that. Look at me. I'm, I, otherwise, how do I know that I have your attention? Well, of course, he was the one who had pointed over there, you know, but nevertheless, that was his viewpoint, right? And I, I didn't, I, I didn't take it seriously in the sense of I was in any way you know, deeply offended by it. And I wasn't trying to offend him or anything. It was just one of those things that, okay, well, he's got something going on there. I, that's, that's fine. But by the same token, it's somebody who's important to me. And right. I, I wanted to make sure that I, I didn't want to, <laughs> I didn't want to support a behavior that I thought was counterproductive to his own health. And I certainly wasn't going to support something that was counterproductive to my own interests, but I still had a sympathy for him. And that's the part I'm, I'm curious about what, what your viewpoint is on this, Louis, because I mean, it's really, it's pretty clearly something you don't say, well, that's my fault for looking in the direction you pointed at because you were pointing there. It's more along the lines of this is somebody I care about who's kind of stumbling along and I want to give them support in some way. So Walt, what, what you stumbled upon was somebody's insecurity. Yeah. So you were highly aware of it. So what I would do is I would gently probe into it. So, so why, why were you concerned about me looking over there? Because once you get to the reasoning or the logic behind it all, it all unravels and it becomes easier for the person to kind of comprehend and understand. But, you know, there's certain circumstances you just can't do that in, um, you know, and you're not necessarily their therapist and all the rest of it. But <laughs> right. because, because of who I am, I would, I would, I would have jumped all over that. It's just, 
I would be so intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I would just be digging into it and ra- unraveling it. Um, not only for them, but for me as well, because usually if it was somebody I knew well, I would understand instantly why they were doing that. It, it, there wouldn't be that kind mm. of confusion as to why they were doing it. Um, so, you know, if there was, I would be all over it. Um, I don't know. You know, it's really individual such circumstances. And I, mm. you know, like I was in the sauna the other, other day. I'm back in the sauna. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we know you've been looking forward to that <laughs> <Yay>! one. <laughs> A lot of things are starting to happen again. Uh, yeah. You know, post-COVID. Um, I'd like to say post-COVID, but there's still a lot of restrictions out there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just had these most amazing conversations with individuals again, you know, completely random new individuals um, and and watching them unravel and having the, the ideas in their head spark out and having ideas, new ones come to me as well. It was just, it was just fantastic. Um, I could go into them in a lot of depth, but it's, you know, we've been through a lot of that stuff on this show, and most of us are up to, up to speed with a lot of it. So, mm. um, but it's the unique individuals and having them face and look at new ideas, and uh, it was just really um, interesting to watch them grasp one concept and then move to another, move to another, and then really be interested. Having the there's this desperate thirst out there for a lot of people for this kind of information and I don't think you know even the show or us who have already got a lot of it and all the rest of it appreciate how much value we can be to so many different people yes um and yeah uh there's just so many things <laughs> going on in my life I don't know where to even begin or end but uh well you just there's... in one sense describe my life so I totally understand and appreciate <laughs> uh it's it's just satisfying to to watch the penny drop as they say yes. watch mm. the light bulbs go on and 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 having fun with the whole process and not pushing and pulling them not demanding that they understand or don't understand or get it or don't get it but you know i've got that strong vibration that i get the right people at the right time yes. it just happens it just happens and it just happens and i'm very comfortable with that and i don't have any issues so i just enjoy watching it happen and come and play with it me and my friends really enjoy swapping stories um all of us that are really practicing the law of attraction because one thing i've learned is Basically, by hearing one of my friend's stories, it does nothing but revalidate what I already know, which strengthens the belief systems even deeper. So even though that thing didn't happen to me, it feels like it did because it's from one of my friends. And so we're really used to kind of swapping these stories. I have a friend of mine right now. I won't name her, but she had a lot of different things happening that needed to fall into place. A lot of different things were not going right, okay, or what we would call right. Instead of her freaking out, she took the time, started going on walks, and within, I want to say it was a two- or three-week period, everything that she needed that was a problem before, everything just snapped into place magically. And I had such a fun time pointing that out to her to say, hey, listen, pat yourself on the back. You did that. You know, instead of you sitting there stressing out, talking about your problems, you chose to go out into nature, to go for walks and to really keep this positive attitude. And she even kind of had a dip in her energy afterwards and was like, whoo, almost it almost feels like a depression. And I told her it's really 
what it is, is that you held your vibration so high during that kind of, I want to say emergency situation that now that everything snapped into place, it's, it's the way you label it. You're not depressed. You're just mentally tired. And now you can relax yeah. is all it is. And oh, so yeah. it's, it, yeah. Right. When you, put, when you put that kind of effort in, cause, cause early on when you're trying to learn a new skill, and that's what we're talking about here as a new skill, it does take some effort. I Ooh. mean, you're, you're, you're trying to overcome an old behavior pattern and replace it with a new one. And she some had some big pieces that needed to fall into place for her. And so yes, the mental kind of energy it almost takes to keep yourself in that elevated state and to not be focusing it in the wrong direction, it does. And then, when it all does snap into place, it's almost like, whoo, I think I need like a spiritual nap over here for a right. few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Little time out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think that's perfectly natural to feel that way, especially when it's some big things that you're waiting on. No doubt about it. I, yeah. I do, I like, do like the idea though of going inside and basically taking inventory, if you will, because that's really what your warrior rule is all about, is taking inventory yes. of what's going on in your life that you perhaps, for whatever reason, one reason or another, you, you haven't really owned up to, you haven't really taken right. ownership of. And Absolutely. Then, and then taking ownership of it and then letting go of all the blame and, and, and all the yeah. stuff like that, that you can attach to it. This can be really hard for people, like they got done wrong by somebody, a friend outside of them, a family member or something. And they're like, what do you mean, like, that this, I caused this, and they, they're not understanding. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that there aren't things happening outside of you that you don't like. You're only intersecting with those things because you are holding something inside of you that keeps that that is a match to that or you would not be seeing it you wouldn't be converging with it that's right. all it means so it doesn't mean this person you know did something wrong to you and like you deserved it because you were thinking about that thing happening it's it's a it's an energetic thing you you lined up with something energetically that you need to learn from so i do want to encourage people with the warrior rules get a notebook and write down what are some things that are happening in your life right now that you do not like. And I really, you gotta kind of dig deep and you're not gonna come up with all the answers today. But what could the, the message, what could the, what is the, 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 the teaching moment for you that you can find in that? Because really when I take a look at anything that's happening and is repeating, it kind of comes to me almost very quickly what's being, what message is being sent to me. And some of them can take a little bit of thinking, but it's that you're now instead of focusing on this person or this event, which is what we tend to do, we focus externally. You're taking all of that energy and now you're placing it on yourself and saying, okay, what's going on inside of me that keeps this happening? And it really is, it's, it's a wonderful way of working some of this, some of the kinks out, I'll, I'll call them. <laughs> Part of this, too, is about recognizing the difference between your stuff and other people's stuff. Yes. And I'll give you an example that actually, in, so, in one way, it kind of blurs the boundaries, but in another way, it clarifies the boundaries. But you'll understand why I'm saying that in a moment. It happened today, actually. I had to go out on an errand uh, to a customer's house for the guardian business, put down a tarp for the uh, mulch people to drop some mulch onto. And on my way back, I came up to a stop sign. And... Now, I, I need to set this, the scene for you. 
Um, it's, it's a sort of a, a suburban area. Um, to the right, well, there's the road straight ahead. To the right of the road, there is a gray fence, like a picket fence kind of thing, but it's gray and it's in the shade. So it's, it's a very darkened area. And directly in front of me, it's very bright. Off to the left, it's kind of normal. Okay. So I pull up to the stop sign and I look both directions. Don't really see anything. There's a car coming the other way. He's coming to a stop. So I start to go. And as I'm going through the intersection to my right, there's a car, a gray car sitting there blaring his horn at me. I'm thinking, where on earth did he come from? (laughs) So I played it back in my mind and I realized gray background, gray car. He had tinted windows, camouflage. He was, he was basically buried in the background. I couldn't see him. So I thought about it some more. I said, well, I knew I could see to the right of that background. So if there was a car coming up, I would have at least seen that motion. So he was sitting there for a while. So I kept thinking about it and thinking about it. And I realized this is kind of a setup. I mean, yeah, I missed him. I didn't, I didn't see him. Well, fortunately, I completely did miss him. Otherwise, it would not have been a good thing. But, you know, we just kind of, you know, had a little incident and nobody got hurt. So it was all right from that perspective. But, you know, he, he was in the, in the shade. I couldn't really see that he was there and he was sitting there for a while because I, I came to a complete stop. I'm not like most people who go to a stop sign and kind of, you know, whiz through it after slowing down to 10 miles an hour. I mean, I actually stopped. That's my normal way of doing it. And that's what I did in this case. So he had to have been sitting there for like a good 15, 20 seconds. And, and that's when I realized it was a setup because he had been stopped. I had stopped. I hadn't seen anybody. I started to go and he got upset. Well, that's a setup. I don't know what was going on in his head, but that was a setup, you know? So you have basically two things going on there. On the one hand, I was dealing with the fact that he was blurring into the background. I couldn't even see him in the background. He wasn't moving his, his car and his, his tinted windows, you know, basically blended right in. And, he was, or she, I don't even know who it was. I could, the, the front window was, was, was tinted. I mean, I, I couldn't even see who the driver was. <laughs> Whoever it was, was basically sitting there for the longest time and then getting upset when he didn't go or she didn't go and I went anyway. Now, I could have turned that around and said, oh, well, <laughs> who is this person anyway? You know, I, I could have gotten all upset about it, you know. I didn't do that at all. I said, Oh, well, excuse me. Sorry. What, what was that? <laughs> what just happened? Well, somebody please explain it to me. But it, as you were describing to me the whole thing about internalization, I, I realized I, there were a number of ways I could have internalized that one. And I could have internalized it in terms of if I were a people pleaser. Oh, maybe, maybe I should have just stopped and apologized or maybe, 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 maybe I should have done something to put that person at ease. You know, I could have gone in that direction. There are a lot of ways Give you can go finances. All kinds of possibilities, yes. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Staggers the imagination, the different things you could do. <laughs> I, I guess I mean that, bring that whole example up because it's a great example of muddy water. We like to think about stuff being very clear about, yes. uh, you know, we like to tell stories where the examples are clear, but it isn't always clear. No. So we have to deal with the unclear situations too. Yes. And you know why and you get those? Trains going for... in different directions. With different different directions, yeah. yes. <laughs> and then we're storytellers. I'll even catch myself sometimes just something has happened 
and I start thinking or talking about it and I just start, I call it storytelling. I'm projecting. I don't really know what I'm saying. Usually it's towards the negative, unfortunately, that when my mind starts doing that, I'm not filling it in with a rosy, happy story. I usually start filling in if I'm wondering about something, I will start and I call it storytelling and I catch myself when I do it because it's me saying to myself, you don't know that's what's actually happening. Just stop it. You know, if you're going to storytell, at least make it a happy story. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So basically do a little rewriting. Yeah. I have to edit because my mind, you know, and I freely admit this, especially for those that are really new to the law of attraction. I think it can become very overwhelming when they hear, Oh, I'm just, what they're hearing is I, Thoughts make things, and if I don't think a certain way all the time, then bad things are going to keep happening to me. That isn't how it works. It's I call it, how long do you wallow in the lower frequencies? There's contrast. Me and Louie have talked about that. You've got to experience the full spectrum of human emotion. If you want to go to the highest highs, you've got to be able to go down to the lowest lows. But how long do you stay in the low? That's where I call it. You're suffering and you're wallowing because now you get a momentum going that it makes it very hard, actually, to get out of it. Um, so when I start storytelling, I'm like, be careful, because now you are you are projecting something that you don't know. And it can start creating a momentum going in a direction that you don't want. it. You can feel it. It's in the pit of your stomach. Now you're getting angry at things that you don't even know have happened. Mm -hmm. And I freely admit that when my mind is a very powerful thing, I'm a creator, I'm a writer, I just start writing scripts in my head. And when I don't like the way that they feel, I know to kind of like rewrite that. <laughs> you, you pointed to something that made me realize for a moment there that um, kind of in the context of what I was just talking about, the story I just told, um, we live in a world where we are just surrounded and included in this circle of conscious creators or unconscious creators. We're all creators one way or another, consciously yes. or unconsciously. And and we're dealing with all these other creators and, and we're experiencing what it's like to deal with a whole bunch of creators all in the same space. Um, and that's, that's what life is about, really. That's a big portion of life right there is you're dealing with a whole bunch of different creators with different views, different trains going in different directions and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, it, it's this amazing soup where everything is just kind of stirring together. And the more densely populated your area is, the more soupy it is. <laughs> it's true. So when you get you, too caught up in judging or looking at someone else's oh. train track, you're, you are more prone to colliding with that energy. Mm -hmm. So be very careful about that too. You know, yeah. when you're looking at something that you don't like, the longer you stare at it, the more chance you have of intersecting with it. Yeah. And that's so you know what Abram say. says. Um, one person in alignment is more powerful than millions who aren't. So right. yes. in London, you need to be 10 times more powerful. Really? <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> is it because it's always raining there in London? No, or, or, or 10 times more no, attentive, one or the other. There's 10 million people in London. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, it's a big city. In one little area. <laughs> yeah. When we, visit, when we went... I went to Paris several years ago with two of my best friends. We had an amazing time, but it was really gloomy almost the entire time we were there. <laughs> oh my. Paris can be like that. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. it, it's a beautiful city though. We had a fabulous time. 
but uh, recently we've had like two weeks of rain, and it's quite yeah. unusual, really. We're, we're not that used to this. Uh, uh, that can happen here in Atlanta, It starts too. getting depressing. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it's interesting how the you know, weather I, I can, can handle the first mood. week. I can handle oh, yeah. the second week, but... Yeah, going into the third week, you're like, okay, son. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting how the weather does affect our mood that way. Oh sure. Oh yeah, I'm I'm usually pretty immune to it to a to a large degree. You know, if it's if it's cold or it's winter, I'll just you know take a blanket and sit around the fire and read a book. Oh, I love that. That's my favorite. That is um, my favorite. You know, so I, I, I can weather the storms, but sometimes when it goes on for long periods, even South Africa, the sun would just go on for months and months and everything would get dry and dead. And, yeah. You know, earth was cracking and it's just, you know, everything, all the grass is all brown. Um, you know, you just, you know, I really want rain now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's uh, it can, you know. Uh, if you want to think of something that can really, really bother you, it's it's no contrast. I remember my mom saying, you know, she was British, living in South Africa when I was young, and she used to say, you so miss the English uh, contrast of the seasons. Yeah. Because in South Africa, it's pretty much the same all year. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. how it was in South Florida. It was just hot and really hot. And I really love Atlanta hot. because <laughs> you get the change of seasons, and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, the contrast really helps to keep things more exciting and different and alive and all the rest of it. Um, no doubt about it. Um, actually, uh, is there more to explore with the worry rule? If not, there was something else I wanted to bring up. No, that's that's pretty much it. Um, people, okay. there's there, a, I put a link to the blog, and there's a challenge that they can do for themselves. So I would really invite anybody that's, that's having any sort of conflict outside of them to, to write it down and really take a look at what is it trying to teach you. All right. Yeah. And, and Neo's uh, tuned in. He says it's 95 in Tampa. He's headed for <laughs> Yeah. Today. Sounds so, about right. There you go. <laughs> I'm always um, confused when you say 95, you know, cook an egg in that uh, temperature and degree Celsius. <laughs> no doubt about <laughs> it. Yeah. 95 <laughs> Celsius. That would be really painful. <laughs> Yes, I know. We in the United I, uh, States are different from everybody else around the world, but they, you know, deal with it. Uh, <laughs> well, I Walter, did. I just wanted to pick up on something you said earlier before you oh, yeah. go on. Um, sure, sure. You were talking about boundaries. Yeah. And my daughter, my younger one, is very over-enthusiastic. She's like really bursting with energy and she's jumping up and down and doing things. And my older daughter, Isabel, was trying to curtail her. <laughs> <laughs> as an older sister is wont to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I was sitting there um, suggesting to Isabel that she just lets that incredible energy flow straight through her instead of getting stuck. So you, when we're talking about boundaries, she was trying to create a boundary and push Eloise away. Mm. What I was suggesting with her is have no boundaries so that it just goes straight through straight through and uh, I think that is a lesson that I'm learning more and more at the moment especially with my younger daughter is to let these waves of energy go through me because they really are quite painfully active (laughs) in Mm. comparison to this old 54 year old man or three I can't remember (laughs) Um, (laughs) so you know it's something that I find very very valuable skill is to is to remove all your boundaries and to let things flow through you it's a it's of great value. Yes. 
it's definitely an advanced skill. It's not something I would recommend early on in the process of becoming a conscious creator, but it is certainly where we want to get to. We want to, not so much, I wouldn't even describe it as letting boundaries down. I think I would describe it as letting my acceptance grow. Because mm-hmm. it's really not about boundaries so much as it is about acceptance. It's about um, the, the high vibe. Boundaries are, are often a necessary middle vibration thing to deal with lower vibration stuff. Um, but you're absolutely right when you say that our goal is to get to the point where the lower vibration stuff just isn't important. So we don't have to worry about whether there's a boundary there or not. It just, right. you know, okay, well, sure, whatever. Have fun. <laughs> I'm not vibrating there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do. I, I feel like that's where I'm now aiming because now I, I'm in the spot I'm in right now. Trying to go from being a people pleaser to that, they're they're eons apart from each other. So it's just kind of moving it along. <laughs> Maybe yep. by the time I'm your age, Louie. <laughs> <laughs> it's only a few years. Oh, wise sage. <laughs> you will soon be there. Oh. <laughs> Neophyte. <laughs> the guru has spoken. I love it. I love right. it. Right. <laughs> So I wanted to bring in something that, speaking of Abraham Hicks, Abraham Hicks said, uh, yes. this is actually from their daily mailing list that they send out. And uh, it's actually a, a series of messages from the various workshops and webinars and so forth that they have done. And it's from their books um, that it, it's kind of like on a two year cycle. You can pretty much count on whatever came out two years ago is going to come out today and it's going to come out two years from now. Uh, but still, I keep getting it every day, even though I keep seeing the same things over and over again that I've seen the last six years, because <laughs> um, it's good stuff. This one I've, I've seen before. I've talked about it before, and I'm, I'm curious to know what your take is on it, Louie. Amy and I were talking about it before the show. Um, I won't read the whole thing like I did Amy before the show. I'll just read the first paragraph, because that's got the key piece in it. It says, there is thought, and there is thought form, and there is manifestation, Manifestation is always in the eye of beholder. So this time-space reality that everyone is perceiving is nothing more than vibrational interpretation. So that's the paragraph. And the point of discussion is thought and thought form. And I'm curious to know what your take is on what's the distinction, what's the, the differentiation between thought and thought form? It's fascinating. I've never thought about that before. So the way I would break it down at the moment would be um, I'd replace the word thought with maybe idea. And okay. when you focus on the idea for more than 14 seconds, then it becomes an active thought form. I don't know. That's just something I'm kind of playing, toying with at the moment. I think you're on a good track. Yeah. I think it's generally the right idea. The way I was distinguishing between them, um, is kind of similar, but certainly very uh, comparable to what you're talking about there. I was thinking of the thought as being just that, the thought, and the thought form being a structure within which we put the thought. That's a way, it's a way of um, creating a like a drawing to fit the thought into. And the, okay. the thought form is like basically that. driven by what the original thought was, but it becomes a way that the thought starts to harden, so to speak, into reality. So very similar to what you had. Which fits into what I was saying as well. Which yeah. Is, if you think about it often, 
and your structure would be the different ways you kind of think of something. So if you want a house, you don't only think of the bathroom or the toilet seat. You think of the kitchen and the, right. and the lounge. And <laughs> Unless you only want a house with a bathroom and a toilet seat. <laughs> <laughs> you, want, you know, it's fine, but <laughs> personally, I like there to have a kitchen, too. too. There is that, <laughs> I'm going to put more money in the kitchen than in the bathroom. That's just me. But... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I, I had the same reaction. That, that, that's a really interesting way of describing something. I, once again, I have to admire Esther Hicks for the way she uses her vocabulary to express yes. what thought forms, because there's another way that the word thought form gets used. Uh, you, the you thought mean forms. You admire Abram? No, actually, I admire Esther. Oh, okay. So this is something Esther said, not Abram. Well, it's something that Abraham says, but Esther's the translator. Right. No, but Esther is an empty vehicle who doesn't even remember what it said during the No, day. she doesn't remember it, but she's still doing the translation. Yeah. Oh, her mind, oh, I see what you're talking about from that perspective, yes. Right, yeah, she's taking so that, she, that block she, of she's thought and the she's turning it into verbs. And, yeah. and using her understanding of the English language to exactly. convert it. Right, yeah. I love the way she the did, has explained channeling. I know. I this know, is, I know. It, it's made all the It's difference. amazing because, you know, when I first started listening to her, or, or, or to Abraham, I didn't understand, okay, what is the difference here? You know, she's the translator. And the way that she would explain, uh, you know, when Esther would come back was basically there's just this download of energetic information coming through her and she's using her own language to translate it basically. Mm-hmm. And it made so much sense to me because her brain is the one processing the information that's coming in. And so that's when I hear, I, there are definitely certain uh, individuals who channel like the stream. Um, I really have enjoyed Bashar over the years. There's just certain um, people that do it. And I just, I get so much out of it when I listen to them, but by far um, Abraham Hicks is my favorite. Uh, mm-hmm. Just the way they continue to bring this information and, and, and present it in new ways to kind of keep mm-hmm molding and shaping it amazes me by the way it's the same exact information i mean how many videos can you make 35 years or or it's probably out 40 now unbelievable Um, almost identical information just talked about in in slightly different circumstances yes you just gave me a great uh, segue, by the way, because David Strickle, the streamer David, is going to be on the show tomorrow. Yay! He's a special right. guest. Yeah, he's coming back for a visit. So anybody who's listening in, especially to the podcast, who want to have their question asked for the stream to answer on the show, by all means, use the app. Use Ooh, the I may email have address. my upcoming birthday. So Absolutely. I, I think I'll treat myself to that. <laughs> Send it in. Send it in. We'll ask the stream. The stream loves the questions that we give them. I mean, we get that's one of the reasons David keeps coming back. because yes. says, you guys So is he not doing questions. every Tuesday anymore? No, he hasn't been doing it on a regular basis since uh, December, I think it is. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, Dean McMurray is now doing Tuesdays with me and uh, looking to add a a third person there, but haven't quite found the right fit just yet. But for tomorrow, it's going to be three with Dave Strickle. And, oh, uh, fantastic. Yeah. I will definitely tune into that. Yeah. yeah so absolutely. To... Sorry. Go, go I was just going to say, to... I was just gonna say, absolutely. Send in your question. You know, Amy, you send me the question and, and any listener who wants a question included, send it in. Use the LOA Today app. Send it to my email, walt at LOAToday.net. Send it by Facebook. Send it in. Whatever way you send it in. I, I definitely will. Every year, um, just to add this into the mix, because my birthday is coming up. This is another neat little uh, thing that I can just tell our viewers about that I do. Um, every year for my birthday, I write what's called a master map. 
and I uh, write out uh, physical. So for my body, spiritual, financial relationships, uh, creative. And those are the five categories that I write. And then I've been doing this since I was like 20 or 21. Wow. And I write what I and I write it in the present tense as if it has already happened. What will I um, have come to fruition in my 47th year? So I wrote that when I was 46. Mm-hmm. And then I roll it up like a little scroll and I keep it in my meditation room. And then on my birthday, I will open that and I will see how many of these things I actually manifested. One thing that I learned is to keep it more general. And I know Abraham talks about this a lot. Mm-hmm. So when I was younger, I would be very specific. And I would, I, when I would look at the master map, I'd be like, well, this didn't quite happen this way. And it would, I don't want to say annoy me, but I would feel like, oh, huh, I didn't really get it. But I would say probably about 10 years ago, I started going more general meaning instead of saying how much money I wanted, it was more of the feeling. I want to feel abundance and be in a new home or I want this type of a thing. And I would have this very general concept of like with my body, where my health is going to be. And every year I am absolutely amazed that all of those things come true. And so it's a really fun, my birthday, I love celebrations and who doesn't like a good party, but it is a very sacred time for me. And like my birthday is on the 26th. So it's two days away. Mm -hmm. And I get into this zone every day beforehand of this kind of preparation of greeting this next chapter in my life and and setting the intention of what do I want to create? Because people, we have that much control. What do you want to create? And looking at your life in that way, as opposed to just this random kind of haphazard. I mean, those things can be fun too. I'm not saying that we're trying to, you know, plan and map everything out, but I think it's nice to have, some sense of what direction are you trying? Where, where are you intending to go? And by the way, happy birthday in two days. And Thank since you. we're going to do a happy birthday, I also <laughs> oh, got to yeah, throw out. Birthday. I got to throw out another one too. My uncle, this past, this coming Sunday, is is turning 105. So I got to throw out Whoa. a happy birthday to George. Yeah. <laughs> that is quite the young. accomplishment, I have yeah. got to say. <laughs> Me and my husband have rented a tree house up in uh, Blue Ridge Mountains. It's absolutely beautiful. So we're just going to go up there and escape for three days. I'm really looking forward to just getting out of the city and going into nature and getting that time with him. So really fabulous. That's yes. I love those treehouse places. Oh, me! It is the most gorgeous because the inside looks like something out of an interior design magazine. So it's (laughs) a strange combo. As an artist, I couldn't help it. When I found it, I was like, "Wow, this is absolutely gorgeous!" So we're very excited to go stay in it. Really good. That's a nice way to celebrate a birthday. Absolutely. I like that. Really good. And I think we were interrupting something you were going to throw in there, Louis. I don't know if you even remember what it was, but if you do, here's an (laughs) opening. I do, just briefly going back to Abram Hicks's channeling. um, They they were once asked uh, by a Spanish guy, can you talk? You know, in Spanish, I said, sorry, I can't because Esther only understands English. Right. (laughs) And, and, you know, we use her to translate, you know. and then, you know, they were they were saying, you know, well, can't you translate through somebody who's Spanish? And uh, um, Abram saying, no, there's loads of other people who who try, you know, who are mediums in Spanish. Listen to them, you know. <laughs> we're all we're all source energy. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what's so cool about it too. I mean, that that's one of the things that I learned um, from the time that David Strickle was on the show. 
interviewing him every week and interviewing the stream every week was that when you get a, a channeled message coming through different people, there's always a different flavoring involved. Yes. You know, uh, they're, they're all basically passing along the same message because the message doesn't really change from source energy. It's always the so same true. message. But the flavoring, the emphasis, the, the orientation shifts. It yeah, because the language, exactly, the perspective, depending on the person that it's coming through. And then sometimes you get Louis playing his African drum, drum <laughs> <I mean. laughs> But that, that perspective is cool. I mean, it's one of the fun things that was about uh, the stream that I really like because when you, when you pay attention to what um, Esther Hicks channels, what she receives, she doesn't even like calling it channeling. She calls it receiving. When, when you pay attention to the message that she receives, her message is kind of a little bit on the light and happy side. Yes. You know, whereas David Strickle's messages from the stream, they, they, there is nothing they won't tackle. You know, yeah, Esther, wow. Esther will always redirect you to the message that Esther, Esther, that Abraham wants you to, um, to pick up. And the stream does the same thing, but the stream will dive into some stuff that, that Abraham will just kind of redirect you from. Yeah. The stream will just go after it directly. And that, that's just one example. Um, anytime that you're talking to any person who is channeling, uh, source energy, you're going to get that kind, that's the kind of variation of flavoring that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the, perceptions and the, the tastes and the preferences of the person doing the channeling have to color it. I mean, they're the ones doing the translating. How could it not color it? You know, that's the way I look at it, but it also makes it very, very interesting. So yeah, tomorrow's going to be a good show to. Yay. Yeah. It's going to be really good. So, okay. We got about uh, 10 minutes left. Um, we covered the warrior rule and we yep. covered this little bit that uh, Abraham has. Uh, I, I mean, I, I guess I'm going to kind of throw it open Louis, let's go to you. I mean, you, you've been doing the uh, um, the sauna sessions again. Anything interesting coming out of the sauna sessions that might be worthwhile for listeners well, to hear about? I decided to to bring up COVID. Okay. <laughs> um, but I I wanted to to bring it to a very um, different place. First of all, with no worry, no mm-hmm. concern whatsoever. Um, anybody who's in a sauna is generally not somebody who's overly worried. True. Um, you know, they're, they're not necessarily the people that have, uh, got any psychological fears or worries that want to stay at home and lock themselves up. Um, so we just had a, 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 such a great conversation with so many diverse points of view. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, I just kind of started it off saying there's two ways of protecting yourself. You can either protect yourself outside by using masks and, having jabs and um, disinfectant for your hands, etc., or you can work on your immune system. Or you can do a combination of both. And, yeah. and after that, I just let it fly out. And right. Everybody was coming in at all different <laughs> angles. And, and yeah. It was just, it's just so cool. And I said, one of those is far more effective than the other. That's how I started the whole thing. And then the one lady says to me, um, which one is that? <laughs> ah, I wonder. The opening. <laughs> yeah. I said, you, you can't work that one out? <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it began. And after that, everybody was diving in and people mm-hmm. were shaking my hands afterwards. And the lady was telling me her husband's also South African. And, you know, we're just having a lot of fun. Um, 
and and trying, you know, whenever somebody got a little bit too deep about or worried about anything, I was just <laughs> lifted it up and I was taking it <laughs> on a level and saying it's all right to be like That's that. That's great. Think like that. And, you know, it was just a lot of fun. You know, if, if you've got enough control and you're not that invested in one way or another, you can really take yeah. that conversation and let people see a lot of different concepts. One thing that came out of it was the idea that when people in control get um, a taste of the power that they can they can hold over others, they tend to not want to give it up that easily. Uh. I was saying I still can't go to Austria and visit my family there. I still can't do this. I still can't do that. Because they were kind of thinking, oh, the lockdowns have finished now and everything's back to fairly normal, but it's not. There's still mm-hmm. many things that are restricted. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I'd really like to be able to do them again. I really would. I wanted to travel yes. again. Um, and I, I uh, just wanted to make people understand that once people get a certain level of power, it's not that easy for them to give it up. It's a true it's valid true. point. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I, actually, as you were describing that scenario, you know, what you were discussing in the sauna there, I was thinking about the fact that just this past week, um, here where we live in Connecticut, uh, we have been in semi-lockdown pretty much since the beginning, by which I mean there have been, you know, mask restrictions and, and you know, a variety of things like that. A number of the states in the United States have lifted mask restrictions entirely over the last couple months. Um, we finally are doing that now. Um, the general rule of thumb is you're supposed to only do it if you're vaccinated. Uh, but in, it, it's on what they call the honor system. Right. And so we are just now entering the phase where people are beginning to pull masks off when they're in stores, when they're in uh, public spaces and so forth. And it's for me, it's been an interesting opportunity to practice raising my vibration for the purpose of helping to support other people's vibration. Yes. Because as I, I was walking through a Walmart today to I was picking up some tarps for the for the business and I was looking at the people. Now, right now, if I had to kind of take an estimate, I'd say probably eight out of 10 are still masked. Okay. So only a few people have removed masks, despite the fact that Connecticut actually leads the country. We're one of the most vaccinated states in the country. So a lot more people could remove the mask. They're just choosing not to, which is interesting. And, And so I've been making a conscious effort, and I was doing it today, of making eye contact with everybody I saw, particularly those who were masked, and giving them a smile. Nice. And a lot of them weren't willing to look up. Right. A lot of them were just, you know, they were, they were just focused on what they're doing. They're looking yeah. down. They're, you know, they're not really, but the few that would look up, I would give them a nice smile and a, and a, a glance and a, a nod of hello and all that kind of stuff. And you could see their eyes crinkle like they were smiling behind the mask. <laughs> and I felt, you know, this, this is a good. nice this experiment. Is nice. I like that. But yeah. You know, helping just helping people to raise that fog a little bit. For me, the fog calm down. Yes. Because yeah. there is something about to, to round this off. Everyone being masked up, this level of disconnect and in human interaction that mm-hmm. has happened. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm definitely excited. That we are, like, you know, Louie was saying, you know, the vaccination is out for those that choose to want to get it. I'm not going to comment on that either way because it's so controversial. <laughs> we don't want to go into the politics. No, I'm not, I'm not going there. I understand. I, I feel like everybody has the right to make their own choices. But I also am excited. You know, we're having uh, uh, friends over for one of our friends' birthday and We've got plans going on this summer that we couldn't have last summer. Mm. And it just feels good. Not that my life was on hold. I used the time in lockdown actually really well. 
But I'm, it really reminded me that as much as I need my alone time for myself, I also need that human interaction. It's yeah. so important. That is how I, I believe humans are created and we do thrive off of each other. And like you, Walt, I'm trying to spread that optimism to kind of help stabilize because you can tell there are so many people that are so afraid still. Oh, yeah. And fear is the number one thing that is going to make you sick, contract, have a problem with this. So if you can just really try and get rid of that as best you can. And from our perspective, trying to help people, don't be afraid. There's nothing to be afraid of. Just be, be at peace. You know, you're here and just a smile and what it can do if somebody's responsive to it. Oh yeah. I agree. That smile is a powerful thing. Yeah. If, so. Every time I see the masks, I think of highway robbery and you'll see. I know. <laughs> it's been really weird for an author who has written a book about a pandemic to be seeing this all going on. It's like <laughs> I'm living inside my own story. It's quite strange. Um, so for uh, next week, I won't be here because we'll be in the mountains on my birthday. Mm-hmm. But uh, warrior rule number five is going to be be humble and unforeseen forces will aid every step you take. And we'll dive more into that on, what is it, June 7th? I think Monday is June 7th. Very good. So something to look forward to there. Yes. In the meantime, we will obviously wish you a very happy time on your Thank you. I'm very much looking forward to it. I mean, if you're going to go Actually, somewhere, you might as well go well, to the mountains. Yes, always. I have to point out, I'm also going on holiday next week. Oh, good for mm. you. Yay. Uh, well, I can think of a few people I'll reach out to to do the show. One of them was actually in the audience today. So, Neil, if you're still tuned in, I want to reach out to you, see if you'd like to join. Walt Neil, is actually, coming for you. Neil <laughs> wants to meet you guys. So, this, oh, well, I figure, love. I figure if Great. I can get him to sub for you, then that becomes one step closer to actually being on 110%. the One hundred and ten percent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Neil, you have, and you can step into the arena. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) No, you're going to love Neil. He is an amazing guy. He just had this really uh, super summit over the weekend. He does these summits every month and he brings in all of these really strong law of attraction people to talk at his summits. And it becomes a very, very high vibe event. Oh, I would love that. I had a very, very successful one this past weekend. So yeah, I'll I'll see if I can bring him in next, uh, next Monday to talk about it. Tell people exactly I, I actually like. know what a summit is now. My brother, my brother <laughs> yeah. does a lot of them and, and how they work online these days. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, privileged enough to be uh, the, the first speaker after Neo at a summit. So I got to actually kind of set the, the, the tone of the thing, which was kind of fun. I enjoyed that a lot. But, yeah, it was good. It was good stuff. And plus, uh, co-host Dan Mangana was there as well. So we had LOA Today well represented. <laughs> oh, excellent. So anyway, all right. Well, uh, Louie, I hope you have a great holiday, too. I hope you both guys have a great holiday next Yes, week. and you too, Walt. Memorial Day weekend. Yep. Yeah, we're still trying to we, figure out what we're doing. To, no, go ahead. We're heading down to Devon um, to, to, to do some house hunting. <laughs> oh, okay. So that, that is a virtual background. For yeah, I was there. thinking a little manifestation <laughs> going on there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, now, does the dream house look anything like what you have in the background there? Could be. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> He's not staying. <laughs> Stay tuned have, and have, find I out. Another, I have another few pictures I'll bring next time. Yeah, a few others. Okay. <laughs> He's going to bring his snaps. All right. That's good. So anyway, all right. Well, guys, have a great uh, 
week off next week, and I hope you enjoy your, your stays. And thank you especially to our podcast listeners. We appreciate you so much. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.